Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME-CE credit. Carol presents for her annual physical. She's a little overdue. She just turned 50 and she knows she needs to be screened for colon cancer as a pal at work was just diagnosed at the age of 42. She's nervous and although she doesn't know a lot about the details, she wonders if she should have a colonoscopy or if she should have had it earlier. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Jill Terrian, Associate Professor and Associate Dean for Interprofessional and Community Partnerships at the University of Massachusetts Medical School Graduate School of Nursing. Good morning, Jill. Good morning, Frank. Boy, I will say that colorectal cancer screening has been in the news a great deal. Um, Can you tell us what are the current guidelines around colorectal cancer screening and and how might they be changing? Thanks, Frank. Well, the USPSTF, which is what is referenced in this podcast episode, is consistent with the American Cancer Society and the AAFP and other groups that adults between the ages of 50 and 75, there's a grade A recommendation that they have colon cancer screening. It should begin at the age of 50. And what is what is being recommended, and I should mention that this is a draft recommendation, it just closed for comment, that they are recommending that adults 45 and above start colon cancer screening. So five years earlier than the age 50 that we've been pretty accustomed to. Yeah. Um, What about older folks? Interesting. Over the age of 75, or they have a qualification of, they've put it in the population of age 76 to 85, they say you should have selective screening offered. And I think that's where you make a decision with your provider. If you're over the age of 76, And what they're saying is you're of average risk. Let's just say you've had no findings, you've had regular screening at the recommended intervals, that you may not have any benefit of having a colonoscopy and might have a harm between the ages of 76 and 85. Mm -hmm. And that harm might be that, you know, you have a perforation during the procedure, which will lead to a complication, bleeding it, you you know, um, even though the numbers are low, they're saying that even if you have that colonoscopy done after 76, when you have had normal findings or, you know, you've gone along the recommended intervals, that your benefit of finding anything further or extending years of life expectancy is, is, is not, there's no evidence for that. Okay. So these guidelines, uh, the possibly 45 uh, through 75 at the very least, um, they talk about patients who are at average risk. How is, how is that defined? Average risk is a patient that, first of all, is asymptomatic, doesn't have any, let's just say, belly pain or, or blood in their stool, uh, noticeable blood, no prior diagnosis of colorectal cancer, no history of adenomatous polyps, 
um, no inflammatory bowel disease. And then when it comes to family history, looking for any known genetic disorders that would predispose them to a higher lifetime risk of colorectal cancer. And those are Lynch syndrome um, or adenomatous polyposis that would be in their family. Yep. Uh, I, you know, it's interesting because patients often say, oh, you know, my, my dad had colon cancer and it turned out their dad had colon cancer in their 70s. And, you know, that's probably not unrealistic if they were in their 50s 20 years ago. So um, I don't know that it always makes them at increased risk, but uh, I, I agree with you. I think that the list you have here for, for uh, average risk is reasonable. So just to summarize, so far you're saying possibly 45 to 75 begin screening um, and, uh, you know, rethink things after after age 75. Let's talk a little bit about the tests. Um, how do you decide what to do? Well, there are a lot of tests and our patients do watch, um, you know, TV and social media and things like that. And so there are lots of tests. I mean, we usually think of colonoscopy, which is, I want to say, the gold standard, but there are also serum tests, there's urine tests, there's capsule endoscopy, um, and there's a little, there's some limited available evidence on these, but let's talk about the key points. The key points here are that stool tests are pretty good at detecting cancer, but not precancerous polyps, while colonoscopy is better, because of course you have direct visualization. So colonoscopy prevents cancer, while products like Cologuard and FIT identify cancer and do not prevent it. And when I say FIT, I think um, I should say fecal immunochemical test. Um, you know, so I didn't use the acronym before defining it. <laughs> okay. Um, so want to talk a little bit more about them? Sure. So, you know, colon cancer mainly begins with growths, which are polyps, and finding and removing those polyps is really the best way to prevent colon cancer. And so there's three types of colorectal cancer screening. There's colonoscopy, again, the gold standard, usually detects 95% of large polyps. The stool DNA, which we also know as Cologuard, detects about 42% of large polyps. So you can see the, the gap there. And the fecal immunochemical testing, or FIT, detects about 30% of large polyps. So there's, there's very large differences there to say that, you know, the majority of large polyps will go undetected if you use the Cologuard or the FIT testing. Colonoscopy is really the, the best route to go. All right, so um, you're really strongly endorsing colonoscopy. How would you respond to someone who's not very interested in having a colonoscopy or they're hesitant? I'd want to know why. So mm -hmm. is it because of the, the procedure they're, themselves they're averse to? You know, people have a lot of fear, uh, fear about, you know, falling asleep or being awake um, and being able to watch it. They might want to do that. So I think it's exploring their reasons of why they don't want to have it done. Um, I actually have a personal, uh, a personal uh, experience with this with a family member who at age uh, 55 had not had a colonoscopy done yet and had his sister who died of colorectal cancer who was about 10 years older than him but still was diagnosed in her 50s and he lived next door to her and I, I just said you know and he said I don't like the idea of having you know the procedure done I don't like the idea of a scope you know invading my privacy and I said 
but it's, you know, a, a disease that can be treatable and prevented when you have this done. Well, anyways, he did go within the next year, which I was very proud of him. So it's why people don't want to have it done. Is it some something that's happened in the past? Um, and it's the education piece and it's the shared decision-making piece with the provider. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think in my experience, patients are afraid of the PrEP and then they're afraid of what they've heard from their friend about the procedure. Um, so it's normally a fair amount of listening on our part, getting them to think about the alternatives and, and uh, why why there would be a benefit not just for them but for their family and and their and, and their their community if if they go ahead and 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 make that jump demonstrate things but it is it's a really common common thing well this is interesting i'm i'm pleased that uh they're considering moving the date up i think the data probably supports starting at 55 i know the american cancer society has kind of pushed that for a while um and I bet as life expectancy goes on, we'll find that we'll have other things to offer those over 75 with regard to colorectal cancer screening that may be less invasive and, and still provide a benefit. Jill, this is a great thing. Uh, any final thoughts? Well, I do want to say, you know, the, the 45, you know, why go to 45? They've noticed that about, you know, 10%, between 10 and 11% of colorectal cancers are, are, di are diagnosed in persons under age 50. So about 10%. So the majority are over the age of 50, but I think it's, you know, knowing your patient and if they have certainly any sort of history that you would want to probably go to a younger age and make the 45 um, their baseline. So Jill, what do we want to tell Carol about her, her, her concerns? So with Carol, um, I'm going to talk to her about her risk factors, that she doesn't really have any, and just her age, and that she needs to, um, you know, she's going to be scheduled for this, and she's right on task. I'm going to allay her anxiety, um, because it is upsetting to have a, a co-worker diagnosed with cancer. It's upsetting. So reassuring her that she's on the correct timeline, and asking if anything changed in her personal history that might have made her, you know, contributed to her anxiety. And, you know, and, and make that plan with her and make sure she's all set. Great. Thanks again, Jill. Thank you, Frank. Practice pointer. Consider offering your patients who are at average risk colorectal cancer screening starting at age 45. Join us next time when we discuss the new data on the use of the polypill for the primary prevention of cardiovascular outcomes. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast and see you next week.